This podcast is brought to you by the Amateurs Fantasy Sports Network. Hello and welcome to the closest thing that we have to Christmas Day in NRL Fantasy. It is another Fantasy Amateurs podcast and it is Team List 1A, boys. So we only, we got a little bit of a, you know, we got a little bit of a, a, a an early look at a couple of teams here, uh, obviously for Las Vegas. It's a little bit like, you know, when you, you're out in a nightclub and, and you meet a girl and you, you're dancing, you're making out, and then you've got to, like, sit in the Uber for a little while and wait to get all the way home. To, that, that'll be next week. But, guys, we're, uh, we're starting off strong here with, with a couple of really nice games. And are you excited for your first Teamless Tuesday of the year, Ryan? Oh, mate, it's, uh, we've been walking through the, the desert searching for the oasis. It's never come. And then all of a sudden, just like we, we climb over that one last sand dune and all of a sudden you, you just you find salvation. And we're finally here. It's, uh, and the salvation is a city with bright, blaring lights full of casinos and a random footy match that they don't even know what sport to, is they're watching. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm glad it's back. Yeah, no, that's it. And Robin, true TLT fashion, it wouldn't be a TLT if there wasn't some uh, random players that we were sort of not really even thinking about that have now popped up. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get to some of them later. There's, uh, it's always, it's always tough when there's. (laughs) We haven't had this before, have we? Like a round one A with some players that are going to lock, and that we're going to have to deal with the rest of them um, next week, but. Mm. Yeah, we're going to be going through some pretty rogue options tonight, I would say. Um, but it's fun to yeah. have a team list. Makes, and makes I mean, me happy. And I mean, the other thing is, like, we've spent so much time this off-season sort of settling into an opinion on what teams are going to look like and, and what the rotations are going to be. And then particularly a couple of these teams have just sort of thrown a big spanner in the works. The two Sydney teams, uh, as in the Roosters and the Rabbitohs, are really throwing a spanner in the works. So... Before we uh, before we jump in, so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to do just a look at these four teams, and that's it on this podcast. And then we're going to do the podcast, which is going to go through all the pod options, probably aside from the ones who are already on this list, which maybe we might sort of discuss them at at this time. Uh, that might be the the best way to go about it. And then uh, we're going to do a questions podcast in a couple of days. So it's going to record on Wednesday night. So you can listen to this podcast and this if, and the podcast. And if you still got questions, you can put them on the, the questions thing that'll get recorded on Wednesday night, which will get released on Thursday. And then uh, obviously we'll have our, these two games will get played and we'll also record between now and then the, uh, the podcast with the NRL physio, all things going according to plan. And then next Tuesday we'll do, the other six teams and another questions pod, and that should be that should be it. So there's a lot of content between now and then, uh, and uh, you know it's exciting times. So um, boys, first match of the two here. It's going to kick off just after lunch, twelve thirty p.m. on Sunday. This is Sunday that's coming up, the third of March. Uh, Manly are going to take on the Rabbitohs. Obviously, Manly is one of the more. Uh, I think we got all but one player right and the one player that we have listed on our website is the guy who's suspended uh so i think uh that being toff sipley we've got him listed as the starting prop uh i expect when um when he comes back that'll push josh laa back to the bench and Corey waddell or nathan brown out of the team uh but we've got tom trebojevic at fullback jason saab and jackson paulo on the wings with garrick moving to the centers to partner tolu cola Luke Brooks and Cherry Evans in the halves, Paseka and Aloye, which likely is simply at prop with Gerbo at lock. Hamole and Ben Turbo on the edges. Carl Lawton takes a utility role with Ethan Bullymore, Nathan Brown, and Corey Waddell, one of them to drop out when uh, when Sipley returns. Uh, Ryan, no, no real surprises here. And, um, I mean, the fantasy relevance probably lies 
exclusively in people with the last name Trebojevic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Jake Trebojevic is a buy. You heard it out of Mark's mouth. Uh, <laughs> <Big> buy. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> yeah, no, look, you're right. <clears throat> Obviously, Ben, very cheap. Uh, playing on an edge, center eligible, always a winning combination with fantasy. Uh, you're just going to be threading the needle. Hopefully, he keeps the job once Schuster's fit. And, uh, I mean, obviously, Tommy, we all know what he can do. He's a very exciting option. Um, yeah, it's, I think any other year, his ownership would probably be through the roof at his current price, but he's sort of been the forgotten man this year. Mm, well, I mean, it's interesting, and I I probably want to scoop him into a conversation with the two Rabbitohs cheapies that we've had sort of pop up in Richie Kennard and Jacob Gagai, obviously one of those two guys is going to keep that job more than likely until Tyrone Munro is back and make enough money to be a buy. As to which one it is, is not as clear. And I think uh, maybe part of the reason, and I, as it stands right now, am pretty happy to take Burbo out of my team uh, and Roll the dice, maybe on a Richie Kennar or something like that, which we'll come back to, given that, you know, the, the pay packet that Schuster's on. But, I mean, all of that, I, I, I guess, Rob, for me, it, it seems like maybe we're being presented with a couple of options so that we don't have to roll that one-week dice. How do you feel about about Burbo? Um, I'm not sure my opinions change too much on Burbo. I suppose that the issue with the rabbits, which we're going to touch on, is... Uh, Whiten is back round three, so one of the centers is going to lose their spot, and then Munro is back round six, so one of mm. the other outside backs might lose their spot at that point. So it's it's really just going to be a big shuffle, and who we think is going to keep their job. I think, I mean, we know what Kenner is, right? We've seen him a fair amount already. Gagai is twenty eight. Already, it's not like he's been. It's not like he's, he's, you know, a young, a young bloke, young up and comer. So, I suppose the issue then is, do we want a guy who's playing on an edge, or do we want a outside back with no job security? And it's pretty tough for me to choose between the two. I think I'd still rather have Ben Trebojevic, but I need to have a serious look at Kenner and Gagai and kind of making it make it make a call before. Sunday. Mm, well, I guess the big thing with Gagai, he hasn't got a huge amount of experience on the wing. A lot of it is at, is at centre. Uh, mm. And if you pull up his wing reserve grade games, uh, he's got uh, 13 games and one, two, three, four, five of them are single digits, which is a bit of a concern. But those were all 2018, 2019 if you look at his most recent sample, which on the wing is 2021, which is probably another concern, it's 35.8, which is much, much better. Uh, and if he was to keep that spot, that would be great. It's got a little red flag here on Rugby League Fantasy Pro that Isaac Thompson's available in round two, although I'm not 100% comfortable that he's going to be the guy. And, I mean, they had the opportunity to pick Tane Milne there and they haven't, or maybe they don't have the opportunity to pick Milne. Um, cause I saw he went over. It's interesting. I don't know. Maybe he's just hanging out over there and he's the 20, 22nd man or whatever it is. So I don't know. Um, Ryan, do you have a feel on these, uh, you know, uh, on the, do you think Burbo's still the risk you're going to take is maybe the right way to go about it? Yeah, I think so. Um, we've got a lot of data on Kenner, and he's never been good. Like, even if he keeps the spot, I'm not convinced he's he's capable of averaging. Like, because what's he priced at? He's priced at twenty three. Right, three twenty two, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, I had a bit of a look at his center stats just there, and they're not pretty, not particularly glamorous. Yeah, we've no. done it before. We've done it yeah. before. Yeah, he, he's he's never been good ever. Um, so it really gives me pause that I I don't know if he's even capable of averaging thirty three. Uh, Jacob Gagai at least is a hundred k cheaper than him. If you're going to take that risk, like yeah, just the thing is like you've got no idea which way this is going to go. Like it wouldn't shock me if Kenner moves out to the wing and Gagai's out completely in round three. Um, mm. Yeah, it, it, I feel like you. 
you're taking a punt um, and, I mean, I, I guess I'd rather take a punt on the 230K guy, but I don't think either is guaranteed to, to make you the 100 plus K that you want. Yeah, no, I think that's probably the right way to look at it. Uh, and I think, you know, I think I'm going to go Burbo or Bust in terms of the cheapies from this game. Uh, obviously, we'll circle back to the Rabbitohs in a second. But let me let me put this question to you. Given this Rabbitohs team, and I might just re- read, read them out now and then we'll come back to the other player I want to talk about. So we've got Lachelle Mitchell at fullback, Alex Johnson on one of the wings, and then Jacob Gagai on the other, as we said. We've got a centre combination of Isaiah Tyson, Richie Kenner. We see the halves of Cody Walker and Lachlan Elias. We've got Kepi and Totola in the front row, Murray at lock. Kolomatangi and Jai Arrow on the edges, which is all, you know, barring injuries and suspension, sort of what we thought was going to happen there. Uh, obviously, the cheapies, we sort of didn't get too far into it because we were just waiting to see what happened. Uh, now, the bench, Saliva Havili and Tom Burgess, that was sort of what we had. But they've ended up with Davi Moali, a good, you know, favourite of the show, Davi Moali, and Jacob Host on the bench, which kind of threw us into chaos a little bit because we were expecting a, uh, a Shaq Mitchell type there in the in forwards and and a Talis Duncan and and they've sort of lobbed host in there and I, I guess the biggest question now is for those of us that were looking at um Murray and Totola we've got you know that question but I mean this Rabbitohs team feels a bit weaker than what I was expecting them to trot out and I'm really really strongly considering starting with Tom Trebojevic now so, <laughs> I, I, um, I, I've had him in and out of my team, but more in than out recently, particularly with the advent of some of these other options that are sort of a little bit cheaper, a few of which we're going to discuss today and a few more we're going to discuss on the podcast. Uh, we've sort of got a lot of pretty cheap, sort of fairly economical options in the uh in the middle and edges, and, and, I mean, I find myself with a lot of money sitting in my salary cap, even with Cleary and Murray and Ruben Cotter and Ewan Aiken as sort of the, the, the French keepers, and I'm, I'm kind of in the market for one more, and my team balance, like I've got I've got Seb Chris, I've got Kea Weeks, I've got Keanu Keeney sitting down there in the wing fullback, those three wing fullback centre, and I'm, I'm, I find myself starting Kea Weeks and rolling the dice on Keeney and just asking myself why I don't take Tom Trebojevic, who doesn't have a buy before State of Origin 1 with a really nice start where he could potentially be tacking an edge of Jai Arrow, uh, Jacob Gagai you know, and Richie Kennar and Lachlan Ilias or, or, or some combination of those guys. Um, we, yeah, I just... I, I really like the potential opportunity for Tom Trebojevic to start the season hot. And I'm curious to see what you guys are thinking about that because, I mean, like we know what he did in 2021. Uh, he had 12 games where he played at least 71 minutes and averaged 77.6. But he had a couple of games there where he played less minutes than that, three more games including a 67 minutes for 133 points against the Sharks with three tries, three tries, this 15 tackle busts and five offloads uh, and, a, and 135 against the Cowboys in round 25. And I just find myself wondering if there's any player in the NRL with that level of upside in an attacking start and we could see Tom Trebojevic just absolutely explode out of the gates, Ryan. Yeah, I, I can't lie. I've been sort of thinking the same since I saw the uh, this edge of South Sydney. Um, it does worry me a little bit that, yeah, you're right, I think Tommy could go pretty ham. Um, I, I've been leaning more towards Ponga in recent weeks, but, geez, I mean, it would be nice to free up 100K and spend it elsewhere. Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, – I mean, look, all things considered, he fits the uh, – Fun to watch, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, that might be an understatement. Uh, I, I really, I really think the you know hundred percent job security, barring injury, and the no buy and the upside. I think he's probably the only player that we have available to us this year that has you know we've seen him do a season where he's got thirty points of upside to his current price. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not expecting a 2021 repeat. Obviously, last year 
He was a bit slack, uh, you know, 47.5 average, which is where he's currently priced. And that was with a pretty healthy try scoring rate. The try assist down a little bit. Uh, but, I mean, the big thing for me is that particularly at the start of the year, there was a couple of those games where he sort of went to take off. I think it was the Bulldogs game where he scored that 40. Uh, he sort of went to take off and then pulled up and got tackled because he was a bit scared about stretching out. And, I mean, if you look at the last two games of the year, he really started to open it up with 105 against the Raiders and a 79 against the Dolphins. And I wonder if maybe that was just him blowing the cobwebs out and um, we're going to see him go back to somewhere between what he did last year and 2021, which, you know, if he turns into peak James uh, Tedesco, there's still 10, 12 points of value there. Rob, what do you think about Tom Trebojevic? Yeah, it's someone I'm going to have to have another look at. I had Ponga pretty pretty penciled in, like a hard pencil. Well, it's like a – you know how there's different types of pencil? Like oh, the, like, the, like, the, like the one that you use to fill out, like, the standardized tests? Did you guys have like that Like a in census or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the H, HB pencil instead of the – it's not like a pacer. It's not light. It's yeah. like HB. one of those – HB, that thick, might like, be it. The graphic, you know, the really, like, the, the – Pen, the pencils that you get in like woodwork class that are like an inch wide, that one mm. Mm. Yeah. for your graphics. I think mm. I think um I think it's a really good option. I am a fan of picking up a fullback that is Ponga or Trebojevic or Tedesco, who we'll probably discuss in the next podcast, just because we don't have the cheapies that we thought, uh, and it's just good to lock down one person in that in that position at that price range. But you're right, Ryan, it is quite tempting to save 120 and upgrade elsewhere by not getting Ponga. But at the moment, I still have Ponga. I'm going to hold firm, but I'll have another look before Sunday, I'm sure. Because, yeah, for all the reasons you've discussed, I think he he has the potential. He's one of the only fullbacks um, that can that can do that, that, in that price range for sure. So, yeah, let's have another look and um, circle back. Yeah, I definitely I like I put a lot of stock in the the ballet chat. Did you guys see the ballet chat? Uh, the ballet chat is is that like where the bears and the little cart going around? The- <laughs> no, apparently Tom Trebojevic <laughs> has been doing like ballet or something in the off season to try and improve his strength. Oh. Yeah, well, it was some, uh, Billy something Elliot. Like that. Use, yeah, like use Billy the ballet, yeah. Bart. Use the ballet. <laughs> use the ballet. <laughs> like a young Barishnikov. Yeah, he's just like Tom's just such a like a mismatch nightmare too. Like if you look at him, he's 194 centimeters and 102 kilos at fullback. He's like the same size as a like a decent sized edge back rower and just fast and skillful and just that I that back line from Manly is just an absolute nightmare with Garrick and you know then you know you got Cherry Evans and Luke Brooks who are both extremely handy and or an elite half. So I just I just think the sky's the limit here for this Manly team and Tom. Yeah, it's a pretty attackable um, edge combo. I think you've talked about it before, but yeah, Talatau Cole is really handy as well. So it's going to be yeah. I, I know we think that um, well, you, you were down on the rabbits, weren't you? Generally, I think they 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 do have a bit of a tough start without they're missing a lot of it um, outside backs. Um, so. It's going to be an interesting start. I think Manly's going to be all over them early, though. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I actually can see this being a cricket score. Um, okay. So now, Rob, we've got to turn our attention to the Rabbitohs. I see a lot of people have had Tavita Totola penciled in for the large majority, if not all, of the preseason. Um, I've had like a yucky feeling about him and I haven't quite been able to put my foot on or my finger on exactly what that feeling was. And then obviously Jacob Host coming onto the bench means we're going to see a lot more Jai Arrow middle than what I guess what I was expecting. I was expecting it to be like Jai Arrow 60 minutes exclusively on the edge, Cam Murray playing the other 20 out on the edge and and sort of the other 30 minutes that Murray is on the field for uh, that. Murray's not playing at lock four. That's where we get the Talis Duncan experience. But this team list says to me Cameron Murray 65 to 70 minutes and Saliva Havili plays the balance as that lock and Jai Arrow goes to prop when he's not on the edge 
that's sort of and then you know so we have we've done the 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 sort of the due diligence on the minutes on the website and i mean tom burgess is a perennial 40 plus minute player we've got down for 35 minutes uh you know obviously it's his last year before he retires with david moali down for 25 minutes, which is not a big stint. Avili down for 25 minutes. We've got Cook not playing 80 minutes. And we still can only get to Tola to 45, which makes him kind of more trap and less cashy. But, I mean, what what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's – I think we kind of had him penciled in for 50, didn't we, originally, which yep. would have been we would have been a lot more comfortable with. Uh, I still think there's potential for 50. I really don't know about host. I don't know. I just don't get it. I don't get host. I just have Shaq Mitchell instead. Um, mm. This is one of the team lists I'm going to be paying. I mean, all of the team lists I'm going to be playing, paying close attention to. But this and the Roosters, I think, are, are almost destined to change um, before team lists, uh, before before kickoff. So pay attention to that. But I, I think you're right, Mark. I think there is potentially less total minutes for Totola uh, in this particular build of team. And uh, I still have him penciled in like with a soft pencil, like a 2B. Um, but <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I'd like another option and we're possibly not going to get it obviously before, before Sunday, are we? All right, well, let me ask you this. Oh, not, not before Sunday, but let me ask you this now. Knowing what you know about the Rabbitohs team and knowing what you know about what the Cowboys team's looking like, who do you like better, Tavita Tadola or Jason Tomalolo? That's the thing, isn't it? Every Almost every player in my team that's mid-eligible, I've gone, do I prefer them or Jason Tomalolo? <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a fun exercise to do. I think I prefer Tomalolo to Flegler at the moment, but... I don't know. I don't know. Totola is cheaper, isn't he? Then, um, no, Tomalolo is about twenty k, twenty k less. Okay. Oh, Tomalolo is so cheap. R- Ryan, you are a resident Tavita Totola guy here. Uh-huh. What are you? What are your thoughts? How are you have you have you wavered? Were you already, you know, not a fan? What, where are you up to? Uh, I mean, look, I'm not opposed to shifting him on if I think there's a clearly better option, but I still think there's easily a path here for a 50-minute average. Like, he's never been like a comes out, plays 50 minutes every single week type guy. Like, if you look at 2022, 2023, when he plays at least 40 minutes, like, it's never consistently 50. Like, some weeks it's 55, some weeks it's 45. Um, you know, and, and, like, that can just be a balance of, like, one week Cam Murray plays 75, another week Cam Murray plays 60. Like we've seen Murray's minutes fluctuate a little bit. Sometimes Jacob Hose is going to play 30. So uh, I'm not overly concerned. I still think uh, there's limited downside. Like he's not going to go backwards in price and he's almost certainly going to go up in price. He may not be the 10 points we want, but I don't think there's a huge amount of risk involved. Um yeah, but I am open to shifting him on if if I do think there's a, a better option available. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll see if I can change your mind a little bit later. But I mean, Excellent. The, here's the here's the thing: is you know, let's say you're comparing the two between Totola and Tomalolo. Even if you think they're going to average the exact same, Tomalolo is going to play two more games between now and round fourteen. Hmm. I have been a big uh, a big I have been a big proponent of uh, trying to avoid pre-origin buys in my team construction yeah. so far. I'm going to, I'm going to break you down over the systematically over the next three or so hours. <laughs> and you're going to end up with Tom Alolo by the end of the time we finish recording. That's the, that's the Flegler argument as well, isn't it? The early buy and then origin. Yeah. 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 Flegler's schedule's a bit, how you doing? Mm. Yeah. See, amazing. I actually, I actually like Flegler and I'm, I'm now grappling with potentially him and Sean Lane as, for one spot in my team, but I'm sure we'll start, circle back to that. Um, the other one's Cameron Murray. Obviously, uh, there was some concern with Murray that he was going to spend some time on the edge, but I think putting host into the team signals that maybe that's not the plan anymore. Um, I don't know if they've just if they're doing something weird that we don't really fully understand here. Like if Jai Arrow is going to, you know, like we've got here a host playing about. 
40, like between 45 and 50 minutes a game on average, but that might be some games of 55, some games of 35. Uh, and, you know, Ajay Arrow playing 35 on the edge and Kaloa Matangi playing almost a full 80, so 80 most weeks and occasionally less. Uh, I mean, that could shift a little bit where we see maybe uh, Murray park himself out there for 10 minutes and Jairo spends 10 extra minutes in the middle or something like that. Um, but, I mean, uh, with Moali and and Host on the edge, you have to imagine the large majority, if not all, of Murray's minutes are now going to be in the middle. And, and I, I know that he was a down season last year, but I think for me, particularly early doors, the absolute worst case scenario for Murray is he does what he, exactly what he did last year and he doesn't lose any money and he's a high 50s average. Uh, worst case scenario, he's our oh, best case scenario. He's in the you know low to mid 60s, pushing you know mid 60s. Uh, Ryan, do you have a a thought on Murray? I know you sort of focus more on head to head, and there's more of an argument to leave him in head to head than there is in overall. I think. Yeah, oh, precisely right. Like last year, Murray didn't have a buy pre-origin, so that was like the big uh, you know point of starting with him last year. For me, anyway, um, yeah, this year I haven't. I, I, I definitely see your point. Like, I don't disagree with anything you said. I just haven't really had Murray at all. Um, I guess maybe to push back on you a little bit, I might say, well, you know, five minutes ago you said this could be a cricket score with Tom Travoyevic tearing them apart. Is uh, Cameron Murray going to be standing behind the sticks all all night looking at the Vegas sky? Oh, apparently Murray actually averages more when they lose. Oh, okay. All right. Apparently. Well, that's, that's, that's and what, isn't it that's a closed-end stadium as well? Yeah, less less uh, less smaller sidelines, which I guess takes away from my cricket score narrative. But I mean, Murray, I I think he's going to find a way to get his points anyway. His attack was way down last year. I think that's going to come back a little bit, although maybe not in this first game. Although Manly's not a defensive powerhouse by any stretch of the imagination either. So a few new combinations there might take a little bit to get going. Um, you know, this could be a high scoring game, even with a smaller field. We'll uh, be interesting to see how that all shakes out. I have to imagine by now just a big thing with Murray is you probably have your idea on whether you want him or not. We discussed him the other night, so we'll leave that one. Now, moving across to the other game, uh, the Roosters come up against the Broncos. Starting for the Roosters, James Tedesco at fullback. He's been a stalwart there for a while. No uh, indications that gonna ch- that's going to change. We've got Suali'i and Tupo named on the wings with Dom Young rested from round one uh, with this uh, neck issue, but uh, apparently he's going to be good to go for round two, which brings Billy Smith into the centre to partner Manu, but obviously we expect that one of Smith and or Suwali is going to drop out, and Trent Robinson's been pretty clear that he thinks he's got six starting uh, backline players. He's going to cycle them through by the sounds of it. So I'm I'm really concerned about any of those Roosters players being a buy. So I'm I'm going to just give every single one of those Roosters backline players a wide berth. Uh, Sam Walker and Luke Carey in the halves. Spencer Lenu uh, gets the start as predicted with Lindsay Collins with Brandon Smith named at nine. Radley in the thirteen. That was pretty easy. We got the mail that we thought Tilly Tupanua was going to be on the edge. He is, but Siwa Wong is also on the edge with Nat Butcher being pushed to the bench. Uh, to accompany Navahu White, who looks to take the spot of Jared Warrior Hargreaves, um, and Terrell May, who uh, obviously was a, a, a great signing for them or a great player for them last year, uh, along with Sandon Smith, who uh, we didn't see getting the role instead of Connor Watson, but I guess it's not like they need Watson's middle minutes at all. So, I mean, uh, Ryan, maybe starting with you, the 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 big problem that we've got here is is within the forwards. I think we're off Lenu and we're happy with Cheese. Um, do you think that the Sandon Smith instead of Conan Watson is better or worse or neutral for Brandon Smith? I think it's better to neutral somewhere in that range. Um, I'd, I'd probably say neutral. I don't think it's change too much for Brandon like I always saw him being like a 60 to 70 minute player and that's what he was last year with Sandon coming off the bench like he was playing 67 66 minutes like when Sandon Smith coming on and spelling him at the end of the game so yeah I I think it's going to be a similar story here where Brandon uh, yeah Cheese is still playing 65 to 70 most weeks yep absolutely and I mean Rob the sort of the big question in this team is now with the edges and Nat Butcher's seeming demotion to the bench uh we had good friend of the show matt uh diehard raiders matt uh anyone that's in our facebook group will know matt uh 
constantly posting about the Raiders, good stuff. He flagged to me in the DMs uh, this morning before the teams came out that he was thinking that there was a chance or I saw some maybe early mail that Nat Butcher was going to be named on the bench to provide a bit of experience while Jared Warrior Hargreaves isn't there. Uh, and then, you know, maybe he might go back in round two to being an edge back rower with um, or whoever it is dropping out. And, I mean, I guess the question then becomes, obviously, uh, out of these two guys, uh, we've got a small sample from Wong and a pretty big sample from Tupanua, who's still coming sort of – he came back from injury last year. Which one of those two players do you prefer? And then are you thinking about taking both of them or are you only going to take one? Um. Yeah, this is a big value judgment, isn't it, between the two? I prefer Tupanua's like, like length of career starts in the edge spot. The issue is Tupanua can also play in the middle, whereas we don't know as much about Wong. Oh, I really just think Nat Butcher on the edge in the in the on the bench is just such a trap, isn't it, for the both of them because. We just don't know who's gonna who's who's gonna get that spot, and we don't know who's gonna drop out when um, Warrior Hargrave comes back. My thinking is that it will be Lenu or Nofahu White will drop out, and because I don't think Lenu's minutes will will will, will uh, matter too much. I think he's gonna play around forty, regardless of whether he starts or not. Mm-hmm. It's just well, who who can we choose between the two? But my gut feel is that Tupanua will keep his spot. Um, but that's, I, I don't know. Do we just flip a coin? That's really, that's really tough, isn't it? I've got no issues with starting with either actually. Like I think, um, if you want to, if you want to do that, I just, if you want to start with one, my gut feel feels like Tupanua, but yeah, both is a, is a viable option for sure. Ryan, I had a bit of a thought here cause I've currently got them both sitting in my team. Is so you start with both, and then if they are both the permanent edges, then then that's a win, I think. Um, and if you start with, and the other part point is, I know you said uh, in our private sort of chat that um, the way that we've got our Roosters team structured, it means that none of their forwards are playing eighty minutes, which is usually not a thing that happens for uh, for teams. A lot of these guys can play long stretches though as well, but. My thought is maybe we see a situation where we have one guy plays on the edge for 80 and the other one plays for like 55, but it's not the same guy every week. I suppose that, yeah, that's certainly possible. Um, I I would tend to agree with Rob that I think Tupanua is the safer option, um, given that he was coming back from injury last year. Prior to that, like he'd been an 80-minute edge most weeks. Uh, versus Sua Wong, like we've, he's got he had five second row starts last year. Three of them are about fifty minutes, so he is only twenty years old. Robbo's got a pretty extensive history of managing these younger guys as well, like not mm-hmm. throwing them straight into the deep end, like we've seen it multiple times now. Sam Walker, Sawali'i, uh, more I can't even think of Latrell. Um, so yeah, it it's certainly not out of uh, Robbo's playbook. So, yeah, I, I I'm, don't have a problem with starting with either. I've currently got both, but if I was to cut one, it would probably be Wong. Yeah, I, I think if you look at Wong as well, like his price is 32. If you isolate those five games uh, he played, yeah, he's got a 47, a 51, and a 53-minute game, and then two 80-minute games. The average across that is 40, uh, and he's priced at 32. Which is still kind of a, you know, that's a eight points of value, which is fine in a player that we know is, you know, sort of good value, and you can sort of work with that because he might, you know, he's got a a forty seven minutes for twenty six in there, which, you know, maybe that's maybe that's the game that disappears, and instead of it being forty seven minutes minimum, it's sort of low fifties instead, and that pushes into a thirty. And, you know, you could be looking at a forty one, forty two, even if he's only a sixty to sixty five minute edge back rower. Uh, but I, I actually do think that they are going to alternate between playing the big and, and sort of little minutes or they're both going to just not play 80 and we're going to see Nat Butcher come on and, and swap between the edges to rest it like what Penrith used to do. Uh, 
But, I mean, either way, I'm, I'm happy to sort of start with both. And then if we get a situation where there's two weeks in a row where um, where the same guy's doing it, uh, we've got Safarth who's not going to play round one and is much cheaper than both of these guys. So I don't see a situation where you can't afford to just spend one trade moving one of them if it, if it doesn't work out the way that we're hoping it does to a Safarth. Um, so maybe that's the right way to go about it. Yeah, I, I, it's it's certainly a decent planner. If you've got some cash up your sleeve, um, maybe it's the perfect pivot to like Jaden Campbell. Like Jaden Campbell is only fifteen k fifteen k more than Sewell Wong, so no no uh, reason why Wong can't even make that fifteen k in round one. And um, all of a sudden, you've got a straight swap to Jaden Campbell if it's the worst case scenario for Sewer. Yeah, so yeah, I think it's a good way to go to start with both because at least then you know you've got two guys who who seem to have value, and you're not going to get some shenanigans sprung on you next, next week. Although obviously the, a lot of the guys that we're considering have, have pretty strong job security. So not expecting you not to be able to pivot, but um, yeah, it's just a, you know, just an idea uh, if you want to sort of fiddle around with that. Uh, and then um, the Broncos, Reese Walsh named at fullback, Jesse Arthurs and Dean Mariner. All the mail was Corey Oates was going to get the wing spot, but no, we've got Mariner, the dual center wing fullback, 450k. Um, so we've got Selwyn Cobo and Katoni Staggs named in the centers. Corey Jensen, partners Payne Haas and prop uh, Ezra Mem and Reynolds, who I skipped over because as far as I'm concerned, they don't exist for fantasy. Uh, Patrick Carrigan at lock, Pierre Kura named to play, which is a good sign for him with Jordan Ricky, the other agent, Billy Walters at hooker. Uh, the bench, Xavier Willison does sneak onto the bench with Tapa U missing out. I think that's a good a move for the Broncos. As much as I love Big Marty, I think his, uh, you know, if Xavier Willison is the player that he is, he's going to be a net positive over over Marty in the long term. Uh, I do find it interesting that they named Jaden Hunt, despite the fact that Jaden Hunt played in the trial. So, uh, d- not sure exactly what happened there. Well, the uh, Maybe- the manly named manly named Brad Parker as well. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's he, just he, that they didn't take that jet. many players. How many did they take? Yeah, I don't know. When do they cut Jaden? the teams? Sunday, oh, Saturday. Be Saturday lunchtime, I would think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I expect these, this Broncos team to line up 1 through 17. I don't see any reason for them to put Dean Mariner in there and then gut him an hour before kickoff. That doesn't make a huge amount of sense. Uh, so I guess the big talking point from here, obviously we went over Haas in – Great detail on the uh, the podcast the other night. So if you're uh, if you're interested in hearing our thoughts on Payne Haas, you can go over to that one where we um, we discussed him. And thanks to Rob, we've now even got uh, timestamp chapters. So um, I think it's on Podbean. I don't know if it went across to Spotify, but if you listen on Podbean, no, it did. It did. It, did. it went. It went to the chapters and the um, the timestamps. Both went across. <laughs> I wasn't exactly sure how it worked, but uh, yeah, if you want to talk to Go to Haas. He's a uh, six minute thirty mark. So just jump, yeah. jump across there. Yep, and obviously we discussed Pierre Cura as well. We'll talk about Pat Carrigan, I think. But the only other guy here in in my mind for fantasy is uh, is Dean Mariner. So guys, I mean Mariner is a jewel. He's playing. He's available. He has a pretty high upside. I think maybe is the right way to say it. He's only got two starts on the wing at an average of thirty one with a try in each of those games, which is maybe a little bit not great, although that was against the Roosters and the Warriors, so you can forgive him for not being a superstar in those games. Uh, in the reserve grade, he only has three starts in the yeah mid-20s. Maybe, maybe not, Rob? I had a little look at him before. I thought it was slightly better than that. Wasn't there three starts for... I only went to 71 minutes. Oh, yes. He had a 69-minute game um, around 24 last year against the Eels where he scored two tries. Very nice. I wonder if he got sent off or some bend. Maybe he just got pulled. That's Um, fine now. But, yeah, four tries in three games is a lot. Um, So, yeah, I think he's got good upside. And I think as opposed to the – Rabbitohs people that we've talked about, his only real competition is Corey Oates, and we kind of know exactly what Corey Oates is now, and he's not that good. So if he's beaten out Corey Oates on merit, which seems like he has, 
then there's at least some job security. It's just can he show some val- show some value because uh, he's priced at um, 33 already, which is quite high for a winger. But the jewel is really helpful. We don't really have anyone in this kind of 400 range apart from Pappenhausen. So I think if you want a job security option, um, Broncos are a really good team. I think he'll do well. It's just I'm not sure he's going to have the value that um, you kind of want. But I'm also not sure that we have we're going to have the center and wing fullbacks that you really need to start the year um, mm. in the like that much cheaper than this. If that makes sense, like I just don't know who they are. They're just Raiders, and and Broncos are a lot better than them. So that's the I, I suppose that's the argument for starting with him. Um, some some job security, but you're kind of paying a premium for him being on a good team and having some upside as well. To answer your question, it was a HIA against the Eels. HIA. Yeah. Great. But he got Good 68 job. in 69 minutes, which yeah. is phenomenal. So, yeah, he's got yeah. a good score in him. Yeah, it seems like he does. It's just a matter of whether you want to shell out 450K for you got to shell or it. not. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's a bit of money. Uh, now, the other guy I want to talk about, we sort of half mentioned him earlier, is James Tedesco, uh, which I sort of accidentally missed. And, and I'll, I'll circle back to Pat Carrigan. Uh, I think it's important because obviously in this wing fullback issue, you know, we talked about Tommy Turbo as an option, but, you know, we would be remiss not to have a discussion about James Tedesco. And I think the reason why he warrants discussion is I know that he's a bit older now, but he has been the best wing fullback or close to it every year for a while now, which is particularly impressive given he doesn't kick goals. Uh, so we've got 174 games where he played at least 71 minutes since 2015, which is a massive sample, averaging 52. Uh, he is priced at under 50. If you look at that season by season, since 2019, it's been 54.4, 59.9, 55, 54.4, and then 49. So, I mean, on paper, if it was if this was any one where we didn't have the context of why uh, you know, he's in this early 30s and he's a uh, outside back. If we didn't have any contacts and we were looking at that, we'd be penciling him in every every day of the week for our for our team. So, I guess Ryan, the question that I have is, why is it the fact that we don't or we aren't penciling in Tedesco? Given he's another one that doesn't have a buy before Origin one. Uh, obviously, we know the Roosters are notoriously slow slow starters, though. Yeah, I, I suppose just it, 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 he's he's seen steady decline over the last couple of years. So I suppose maybe people are seeing that as uh, an age factor. He is more expensive than Tom Dravojevic as well. Uh, yeah, it's jeez, it, hmm. oh, I, I don't know. Like, there's there's been times where we didn't even want to start with Tedesco when. Uh, when he was in his absolute prime and now that he's yeah. been steadily declining, maybe he can bounce back. But there's also a lot of mouths to feed in this team. It's, always, it's been the problem now for a little bit. Uh, maybe the Roosters can turn it around. But, I mean, it's also a case of how many Roosters can you have if you've got Tupanua, Wong and Brandon Smith. Um, I suppose no buy to worry about before before Origin. But, yeah, I think if I was to – if I'm spinning up for a wing fullback, I'd rather take a punt on a cheaper Tom Derojevic who also doesn't have a buy before Origin. Yeah. I mean, Rob, what are your, what are your thoughts on that, mate? I mean, he – yeah, he seems to be like he's basically just – a like he lost three points in base last year and five points in attack. That's where the drop-off came from, from 22 to 23. Uh, I mean, do you see any way he goes back up? Yeah, I think it's just the – the tried and true Tedesco was a slow starter um, trope for me. I just, <laughs> every year, every year I've started with him, he's lost money. Uh, and there's always a time in which you should buy him. And I mean, last year it was around 12. He was 550K. He'd lost mm. 220K by then, you know? So, yeah, he's a good price, but I am, I, I kind of want to, wait and see. I think that the Roosters are notorious out the gate slow starters and they, they almost don't care about the regular season. They're like a like an NBA team. They kind of just wait and see mm. how the how the rest of the comp's going, just kind of, you know, see see how it's going, don't really play all your cards right and then 
um, and then they kind of gel at at finals time. And they didn't they didn't quite get it right last year, but he certainly went on an absolute spell uh, later in the season. And I think I'm just more willing to just wait for that and try and get on at the right time with Tedesco. And I'll probably miss it again, like I always do. But um, I'd rather not start with him just because I've been I've been burnt too many times um, starting with those slow starter those slow starter roosters. Yeah, well, I mean, that is, and like slow starter might actually be the understatement of the year. So he uh, he averaged 36.8 uh, in the opening rounds up until round 11, and that was including a shorter game. So even if we isolate that out, he averaged 39 in, in the opening rounds up until round 11, and then 58.4 after round 12 onwards. Yeah. It was phenomenal, that little run he went on. And it's just, yeah, it seems to be every year. I, I think I know we do this every year but that if you look at his if you isolate his first 10 or so rounds every year i mean 2022 it was a, a little bit better but there's always a there's always a, a a slow start and then a big run over origin he seems to peak in the middle of the season and, and then going on um so he's just he is just a seasoned campaigner now tedesco mm. and that's what ryan was saying and i think there will be a time where we want to get on but i just i just don't really want to do it at the start of the season i'd rather i'd rather have Chaboyevich. i'd rather have ponga i'd rather pay full freight and get ponga but um yeah i think i think i'd rather have Chaboyevich than tedesco okay the other part of it is obviously tedesco we got a lot of rumors last year that he barely trained up until the start of the season with the knees and all that sort of stuff he was i think he was dealing with some sort of knee surgery and cartilage clean out or something something that we can talk to the the NRL physio about i guess but i mean the 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 run meters is absolutely massive. So his attack spiked and yeah, almost 200 meters a game in the, at the end of the year. And I wonder if maybe it was just as simple as, you know, he was warming up, but you know, 299 meters against the Seagulls in round 18. Definitely don't think he's passed it at all. By no way. I think it's, no uh, I think it's a case of, um, you know, us just needing to sort of work out if he's ready to go in round one and we're all scrambling or, if he's uh, going to drop, drop some dollars. Yeah, I just think it's one where we're going to have a bit of a lead up to be able to buy him rather than – well, I guess he's going to be playing Origin though, right? And when are their buys? Oh, like, they're usually – yeah, they're usually sort of two in the Origin rounds anyway, so it doesn't matter. The other important thing to keep in mind is the draw, which is Broncos, Manly, Rabbitohs, Panthers, Knights, Storm in the opening. Yeah, it's a pretty tough round. start. They've got a, one against they the Bulldogs. And then and then they get to the Dragons in round eight. We might be looking at the Dragons in round eight. And actually, the, that's the Anzac Day game, which the Dragons always turn up for. Then they got the Broncos, Waz, Sharks, and then the Raiders in round 12. So, yeah, the round 14 buy is not ideal either. Every time I hear uh, Tedesco Anzac Day game against the Dragons, I just have flashbacks of uh, Foy Mahone taking his head off. Yeah, mm. yep. Yeah, yep. Right in my brain. Yeah, all right. Well, let's let's leave it for now. Let's 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 park ourselves on the Trebojevic bus, and we'll just see what happens. Uh, now, the last guy I want to talk about is Pat Carrigan. Uh, obviously, Flegler departing. Carrigan maybe could soak five more minutes a game, although he was playing already a lot last year. He opened the season really, really strong, and then sort of fell off towards the back end. Um, so he did the anti Tedesco. Um, so if we just have a look, I, I had a bit of a look at it, but I'm just going to isolate these. So before State of Origin 1 last year, uh, Pat Carrigan averaged 57. Oh, and I feel like he started better than that. Maybe he didn't. Maybe I was just coming up with a fake narrative, guys. Sorry about that. No, average 57, 57 in the front, 57 in the back. Forget I said anything. (laughs) The PPM maybe. I don't know. So, um, yeah, so Pat Carrigan, obviously, we've seen a few teams floating around with Pat Carrigan, doesn't have a buy. You know, it, that was only 66.4 minutes at the start of the year. There's actually a game here at half, which is a bit unusual. I don't really, I don't remember that, but I'm sure it happened. Um, and no, um, last year. Yeah, one, one game in the halves, apparently. Yeah. He played in the back row, I think. But I don't know if he played in the halves. Did someone get injured? I think... I think he was defending at half. Right. Yeah, no, Adam Reynolds uh, only played 17 minutes that game. So, yeah. Mm. Who knows? Yeah, maybe that should say back row and not half, I think. I don't know. The Storm. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, I, don't, I, don't think he's a, I don't think he's a buy. He, he is in 
a number of teams, 7.6% of teams. I think he can do much better. I think Murray's a much better selection than Pat Carrigan at the price. He's kind of just as advertised, isn't he? Kerrigan, great yep. player, but just yep. doesn't quite have the value. Potential end-of-season player, if he you know, mm. has a slow start or something like that, definitely, I think, happy to avoid for round one. Anybody else you want to talk about, boys? Yes. Okay. Yes, I've I've been I've been having a thought, and it's been sticking in the back of my mind, and I don't know if it's a good idea or not. But like, obviously, um, after our studs or duds, we uh, we kicked it off with Mr. Payne Haas, one of the highest owned players in the game, and obviously, people heard us rattle on about him for ages. We had even uh, the OG Don Brock commenting uh, the other day. Um, he's he's in the Payne Haas camp, but uh, I've been and it's been like sort of kicking around in my head because you know you, you don't want to be stuck on a on a take. If, if some people are saying you're wrong, you want to investigate, make sure you you are right. And I, I think uh, I think we are right in terms of starting with both both Haas and Cleary is the is a suboptimal strategy in terms of uh, money wealth distribution. What I've been thinking about is a strategy that Mark you proposed last year. Um, which was oh, no, no. Starting... no clearing, no clearing, no clearing. No clearing. <laughs> with last year, you proposed oh. starting with Cameron Murray as your captain with no oh. Nathan Cleary. And it's a strategy that's been kicking oh. around in my head. Um, and I'm not sure it's incorrect. <laughs> Ryan. Uh, yes. This is like an episode of Invasion of the Body Snatchers where you've come in and taken my job. <laughs> I'm 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 dead serious too. I'm actually like thinking. Well, Lucy's thinking about running this strategy with her team to start the year because she okay. ran the no Cleary strategy last year and it, and it paid off. Um, obviously, you'd be wanting to target Cleary after his first buy, which is round his first buy is in round six, so he plays the, the Tigers in round seven. So you'd want to have him in by then. But over those first uh, six rounds, like. So last year, Cleary's first five games, he averaged 68. Haas's first uh, six games, he averaged 68. Obviously, we're expecting Haas to maybe go backwards a little bit, Cleary to go up a little bit. Maybe let's say Cleary averages 70, Haas averages 65. Like by my math, you would end up no worse off than about 15 points worse than going with Haas, like all things, um, you know, being around those averages, except you've now got That's 15 total points. Total points over the course of six rounds, um, except now you've got an extra 120K in the bank. Like, and that's just comparing those two. So now you've got an extra 120K in the bank and it could be the difference between, you know, changing one of your 500K guys in, into uh, Cameron Murray or, you know, uh, into another gun that you're looking for, grab Tom Dwojevic or something like that. Um, and like all of a sudden, like that could be an extra 10 to 15 points a week just by that extra 120K you're saving. So... I don't know. It's it's an idea that's been kicking around in my head since yesterday, um, with all the Haas uh, people, you know, still kicking on. So, uh, and I'm not sure right. it's incorrect. All right, can I put this question to you? Uh huh. In this event that you decided to run this insane strategy, <laughs> this is your strategy, mate. No, I know it's my strategy, but I'm depressed every time I do it. That's why I'm not doing it again. Who is? Who are you starting in, this- in the halves? Who are you starting in your halves? Well, that's Is the thing. Like, well, you, you could go Moses or you could go the next Sean Johnson, a.k.a. Jamal Fogarty. Mm. Depends how much cash you want to save. Like, I, I could easily uh, squeeze in Mitch Moses there and still get close to 60 <laughs> points a week. Play the Bulldogs round one. Because mm. I, just... I think you're right. I think Haas is going to do really, really well the first, like, seven, eight, nine weeks. Even to the even to Origin, I think you can run Haas to Origin pretty easily. It's it's just yeah, it's gonna he, he is gonna be tough to not own. But game theory suggests it doesn't make sense to start with him and Cleary. So maybe maybe Cleary's the one to go. That's just you you bring in some chaos, Ryan. Right? I know right on, the, on the, the eve end. of I love it so of, much on TLT. I'm bringing some chaos here, and uh, I mean, like we've, we've this is what we've discussed like all preseason that we don't think it's the right strategy to have both, but, but then we've just sort of accepted Cleary's the one to have, and uh, and why is that? Oh, but I mean, like, oh, but. Oh, just it's the seal. It's the ceiling. It's just you can't like. I okay, how are you, you going to earn? Ceiling, right? How are you going to earn enough money to get Nathan Cleary 
when are you buying Cleary if you don't start with him? I think that's well, the question. Well, you, you would have to get him in by round seven, like after his first buy. It makes no sense yeah. to, to go longer than that. How are you getting a mill? Well, I mean, we, everyone who didn't start with him was able to get him in by round four or five last year. He wasn't that much cheaper than a mill. But who, so Lucy, for example, who did she trade out to get um, she? Who did she trade out <laughs> to, get, to get Nathan Cleary? Um, I mean, last year was a little bit easier, I think. I'm pretty sure last year she had uh, Adam Dewey and Ruben Cotter who both oh, got injured in the same okay. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But you just and, do that. Uh, okay, down, right? the, okay, the all right. Trades. All right, Storm, Eels, Broncos, Roosters, Manly, who we all expect to be top eight teams or thereabouts to open, uh, including three away games and travelling back from England for Cleary. Mm -hmm. Ryan, why? Mm -hmm. I wasn't... (laughs) I was not even thinking about this. Why would you do this to me two days? (laughs) So angry. I'm pretty so, happy, yeah. yeah. I, I quite All like right. this. this is okay, fun. so, so you, here's the other... Would you do Haas okay, and no, Hopkins, no, though? Ryan? No, no, here's, here's the other problem. Here's the other problem. The positional <laughs> positional scarcity, all right? I'm not... So I, I don't think... I don't think Moses has any value at all this year. And I uh, I mean, Fogarty's fine, but are you running a Fogarty, Hutchinson, KO Weeks, Kyle Flanagan? That just seems really fraught with danger, and there's no other half options... In my mind, that's my yeah. It has to be. It has to be Moses, I think. Or do you run Cameron Munster? No, but you well, can't. that's the other one I've been I've been thinking about as well. Like a, a guy who had a down year last year. He had been a sixty point scorer um, the year prior, and last year he was down to what fifty four or something like that. And he's uh, come out a lot and saying he was down on confidence last year as well. So. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the problem is around four by with him. Yeah, it's, yeah. And their schedule's really tough as well. Yeah. You 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 if you're if you're skipping Cleary, like it doesn't make sense oh. to then get half who also has a buy to start the year. Yeah, no, that's this, mate, this is a this is a, a frustrating development that you've brought to me. <laughs> I don't support it. I don't I don't support it, I don't advocate it at all. Well, I'm going to run. Lucy's going to run this experiment, and uh, I'll let you know in six weeks how it's going. All right. I'll tell you what. She's going to come like top fifty again, isn't she? I'll tell you what. I I can't say that I won't run it, but Tiffany might run it in the hurt locker. (laughs) Is she running? She's the head to head. Yeah, yeah. She plays. She's a head to head expert. She doesn't play overall. Um, She might try this out. Yeah, with the extra. Captain at captaincy availability. She might give it a red hot go, I reckon. Potentially. I'm not sure. I'll have to ask her. All right. On that note, Ryan dropped a bomb. We'll pull it up right there. We won't be taking any questions on this topic at all between now and, and kickoff and round on the first game either. So the amateurs party line is um uh bend the chin. By Nathan Cleary, Captain Kate Nathan Cleary is the amateurs bin party the line. Chin. Bin bin the chin. chin. Okay, look, mate, right now. No. I'm going. I'm going. No. Penasini to Chris. I'm going. Cleary to Moses, and I'm going to Tola to Cam Murray. Done. No, no good. In your no good. Not supporting I've got, it. I've got Murray and Hopgood, Mitch Moses. Oh, my team's stacked. Right. Who needs Mate, you're on the, the chair. You're on the bloody. <laughs> you're on the. You're on. You're on Twitter for five minutes reading an exchange with Don Brock, and you've gone insane. <laughs> Ryan, mate, he's the OG. Then. We we all listened to Don Brock when uh, that was the first podcast yeah. we were listening to him. Mate, yeah, I'm sure it was actually when yeah when Sam Thiday was our captain or something like that. I'm sure, and Nate Miles, surely Cam Smith. I remember ha- I remember having Dale Copley in the centres. I had uh, I remember I bought Young Tim at a pier one week. That was fun. Yeah, there was some perfect. a lot of cane algae back then as well. Oh, yeah, far times. too much cane algae. All right, guys, oh, we're gonna wrap this up. Otherwise, we're gonna be here all night. <laughs> <laughs> We may or may not be recording the podcast immediately after this. So uh, I think that'll probably do us. I hope you enjoyed the TLT podcast. I hope you enjoyed Ryan just absolutely blowing my mind. I'm now going to be sitting there at midnight tonight. My wife's going to roll over and just find me sitting there staring at Payne Haas's face, trying to work out if I have the the stones to pull it off. I probably don't. (laughs) But, um, no, we appreciate you joining us. 
Uh, Rob, any closing thoughts that are unrelated to Nathan Cleary and Payne Haas? Uh, no, nah, it just it just always baffles me how we can spend an hour talking about four different teams, two different yeah, games. That's your fault. This is Ryan's fault. That's, We're going to be done that's 15 how much minutes we, ago. That's how much we yearn for the for the team list. Yeah, great. Look, lovely. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. Good, good input, Ryan. What about you, mate? Bend the chin. Oh, Bend the chin. No All right. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Love you guys. This show was brought to you by good friends at Picklebet. You can support the show by changing your regular bookmaking provider to Picklebet and using the code AMATURES on your first deposit to let them know where we found you. Make sure to set a deposit limit because chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.